Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. I have the privilege of talking to you about um, giving the greatest gift to your family. And um, so before we start, I just want to pray again. I know Aaron did, but let's just pray again. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for all the things that you do for us. I thank you for, most of all, for your son, Jesus. Lord, I just ask right now that the word that you've given me would just be clearly communicated and that each one here would have ears to hear what you have to say through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, this year, a lot of you already know, but I'm just going to review um, what we've been um, talking about this year and uh, we our core values are uh, we use the the acronym fire and that stands for um, the father and we spent three months talking about the father and who he is and our relationship with him the second three months of this year we talked about intimacy and how to be intimate with him and with each other and then we spent three months talking about restoration and how we get our hearts healed from the things that happen in this world the things that break us and and hurt us and then uh, this last three months we're talking about extending the kingdom which includes evangelism and this month we've ta- or this yeah this month we've talked about breaking barriers. And um, two weeks ago, I was so impressed by Aaron's message. He talked about how to share the gospel with your coworkers, and he also talked about doing street event- street ministry and how to walk up to people that you don't even know and share the good news with them. And then Mark shared last week on who is a neighbor, and he really focused on the fact that it's not about the other person that you should be focusing on, who's my neighbor that I talk about, but how am I to be a good neighbor? And so today I get to talk about the good news of the gospel as it pertains to your family. And so I'm going to start with a couple of stories, and I I just want to um, point out that I... This morning, I just felt like God said, I want you to give a handout. And there are some people who use handouts and like to write stuff down. I would be one of those because it helps me remember things. Um, And some of you who don't. And that's totally fine. You don't have to use it. But uh, in a little bit, I'm going to share the top part of this paper. I'm going to share on those things. And if there's scriptures that you stick out to you, you can write them down. But the bottom part is your homework assignment. And um, this what I'm going to talk about first is a couple of stories from my own life. And if something resonates with you, you could go ahead and jot that down in the appropriate box for your homework, and I'll tell you what to do with that later. So um, the good news, the gospel is good news. And when I became a Christian 20 or so years ago, um, I remember... Being very excited about what God was doing and and what the gospel was. And at the same time, my sister, who is five years younger than me, she had um, moved out um, to to, um, Las Vegas, Nevada. And she lived in a place called Henderson. And she had met a man at college. And they were Mormons. And when I got saved... Even before I got saved, I thought, hmm, Mormons, uh, that's a cult. That's not quite right. And after I got saved, I was like, 
okay, this is not okay. This is not good for her. And, and you know, she lived a long way away, and there was a three-hour time difference. And uh, I was really concerned about my sister. And so I remember being on the phone with her and um, asking her questions about her beliefs and what they believed. And, and she would say things that I thought, oh, that doesn't really make sense. Or, so I got a book on how to reach a Mormon and, and all the things that they do wrong and all the things that um, are not scripturally sound as far as a Christian. And I got my arsenal ready. And I would call her and I would just barrage her with questions on, well, what is this Joseph Smith person and how does he do that? And how does that fit in with, well, what about Jesus and how did he? And I pummeled her with questions. And I beat her over the head really good. And uh, I remember one time talking to her on the phone and, and her saying, well, I don't know. And she'd ask her husband. And, and I thought, see, you don't even know because it doesn't make sense. And, and, and being in this place of fear and being gripped with panic because she was believing the wrong thing. And um, <laughs> what I learned from that experience was I learned how to alienate a friend and a family member because I did it really well. And over the years... God has grace. Thank you so much for his grace. Because he looks at me and goes, can we pull it back? Mm, Okay, you're not going to ready to do that. And and so I I learned after a few years that the way I had tried to reach my sister probably wasn't very effective. It wasn't very effective because she pulled back and didn't have anything to do with me. And um, I did go out to visit her a couple of times, and I realized that she was pretty closed to me and so I tried some different tactics tried to just like be nice to my sister I love my sister and um and it started to work and uh oh I don't know it's been I don't remember when it was but she adopted her youngest son and we went out there on vacation and I was there for the adoption and I got there in time to to actually go to the courthouse with her and the following Sunday they had a ceremony at their church that was kind of like it's kind of strange, but it's a sealing of their family for all time and eternity. But, you know, it was, it was, they treasured that like we treasure a baptism or a, um, a, a christening or, you know, a dedication of our babies. So I said, well, we would like to go with you. And the look on her face was, what? You know, she knew how I felt. But I had poured in love for a few years and, um, and it had broken things down enough, enough of that wall had broken down that she received that in a way that anything any words that I said didn't couldn't have done what just going and being there for her to support her and her family and so I you would think that you would learn from that whole experience but sometimes I'm a little thick-headed so about eight years ago you know, so I'm a Christian for a long time now. And I raised my kids to be involved in the church. And um, my stepdaughter, oh, I also raised to be in the church. So I have five with my stepdaughter. And when she got into high school, she kind of um, um, walked away from the Lord or, or walked away from church. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and then my daughter 
Rachel, she, she kind of walked away from the church. And then my son did. And in all of my great learning, not learning, I decided that the best way to handle my children was to try to control them and tell them they knew better. You should come back to church. Well, the reason you have problems is because you need to have church. You need to be in church. That would be the answer. And I spent a long time <laughs> um, bludgeoning my children with uh, what they were doing wrong. And about three years ago, so I'd done this for five years, and one of the things that I did in those five years was I started to see that my daughter didn't come around very much anymore. She um, didn't come around very much on holidays. When she did, it was very short. She didn't return my phone calls very often. She sometimes returned my texts. And uh, about three years ago, God, uh, I was living in Jackson, and, and I saw how estranged my relationship was with my daughter. And I was praying, and God said, You have become a Pharisee. You have taken your faith and you have decided who's right, who's wrong, how to do it. And my daughter, I was heaping on my disapproval and no one was giving her their approval. And so um, I just, I was praying about it one night and it was two in the morning. And I just thought, okay, well, how do I bridge this gap? What can I possibly do? Short and sweet, that's the key. And so I texted her. It was 2 in the morning, and I texted her, and I said, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Send. That's all I said. And I knew that it struck a nerve, or I was on the right track, because the following morning, about 9 o'clock, I got a phone call, and she's like, Mom? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You texted me at 2 in the morning. Well, I know. Were you drunk? No. I wasn't drunk. Well, are you sure everything's okay? I mean, nothing's going on. Everything's all right, right? Yeah, everything's fine. I just really love you. And uh, I realized, wow, she couldn't even receive an I love you from me because I had so destroyed the relationship. Uh, I was sharing that I was going to be sharing this um, teaching, and, and I was talking with Kevin, and Kevin was in youth group when Mark was the youth pastor, and this is a quote that Mark gave, and I thought this was great. And Mark says, Christians aren't Bible thumpers who walk around our schools with swords and clubs saying, turn or burn, friends. And yet, I was. <clears throat> so, why did I do this? Well, I, I think there's a couple of things. One is fear. I was afraid. I was afraid of lots of things. Afraid that they were going to turn or burn. I mean, they were going to burn in hell. I was afraid that um, if they didn't fix things, their life was going to go completely wrong. And things would get messed up. And if they got messed up, that it could never be fixed. Or, or maybe I was afraid that people would see me and know that my kid wasn't following the Lord or they weren't walking the way that I thought they should and it might reflect badly on me. Um, 
Or maybe it was pain. It was pain of seeing my life destroyed by sin and knowing the havoc that it wreaks and wanting to protect them from that same pain. Or um, just pain from my own life not being able to see clearly. And I, I love this picture because sometimes I think our hearts, you know, when we get our hearts broken from things in this world, you know, it, it's like a shattered glass. And the thing is, you see through that broken heart. You see the world. You see people. You see God through that broken heart. And sometimes what you see is only this one little part. And so you're, you're looking through your broken heart and... That's what you're focused on. And we really need to get healing. And we spent three months this summer talking about how to heal your heart and, and how to forgive and how to repent and, and, and areas that you need to get healed up so that you could see God clearly, so that you could see others clearly. And what's interesting is I, I was reading the prodigal son story not too long ago, and, and I was just struck by, you know, Jesus shared that story of the prodigal son because he was showing us what the father really looks like. And in the story of the prodigal son, the father, the son goes away, is, is t- turned away, and the, and the father is looking expectantly for his son to come home. And, and I, I looked at that story and I thought, you know, if my son had done that, had run away and spent everything, and I would be looking expectantly for him to come home. But I don't think I would have thrown him a party. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have given him a ring. I'm pretty sure I would have said, well, there's consequences. And until you can earn my trust, I will. Because I... I wasn't being like God. I wasn't being like the Father. And I realize now that I need to look at my family the way God looks at them. So, <clears throat> so what is the key? I think I got it. It's to be like Jesus. So how do you be like Jesus? Well, we need to hear and speak like Jesus did. We need to pray like Jesus did. And we need to love like Jesus did. So, we're going to break these apart. So, to hear and speak. In John 12, 49-50, it says, Jesus says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, But the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So even Jesus, perfect, and and God himself, waited and heard what God had to say before he said anything. In John, again, (laughs) lots of Johns here, John 7... 18, Jesus says again, He who speaks for himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So when I was sharing the gospel with my sister and my, my daughter, or, or badly sharing, I was, I was looking to my own and not to him. 
And in John 5:19, Jesus says again, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. So if you're in a situation where you're with somebody and God doesn't say, Speak, don't speak. If he doesn't say, Say this, then don't say that. But if he does, oh, then share. And then finally, in 1 Peter 4.11, it says, Are you called to preach? Then preach as though God himself were speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies, so that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. So maybe you're supposed to speak. But maybe you're not. And if you're not, what can you do? Pray. And in John 17:9, Jesus said, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And I believe we can apply this to ourselves. And we can say, who is God laying on your heart? You pray for them. You pray, not not a general, oh, just pray for all the sinners, you know. You pray specifically, I'm going to pray for my sister because that's who's laid on my heart. And sometimes it's always good to pray before you speak. (laughs) So good to pray before you speak. So sometimes we need to do that. In John 14, 16, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So Jesus prayed that the Holy Spirit would come and infiltrate you. You should do that too. You should pray that the Holy Spirit reaches out to the one that you're praying for. Sorry. Um, and then Luke twenty two thirty one. I'd never seen this before. It just it has rocked my world. Jesus said, "This is when Jesus said he's going to go, and um, it's going to be bad." And Peter says, "I'm going to go with you." And, and Jesus says, "You can't go where I'm going." And Peter is like, "Oh yes, I can." And Jesus says, "Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to have you to sift you like wheat." But I have pleaded in prayer that your faith should not be completely fail, so that when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen and build up your faith of your brothers. So do you know somebody who knew the Lord but turned away? Maybe Satan is sifting them like wheat. And you need to pray that when they repent, not if, when they repent, that they would be like Peter and take the lead. Peter is the one who led Acts off. He went out and he was preaching the word and 5,000 got saved and 3,000 got saved. And, and he was the one speaking. You pray that over them. Pray that they become like Peter. You know, you need to pray and believe. And don't lose hope. Stick around for the end of the story. My husband and I were in a restaurant um, a couple weeks ago. We were in the Lost Raven. And... Um, we were sitting having dinner, and Lost Raven's kind of a, it's a small place, very eclectic, kind of really cool food. And the table next to us was literally that far away. So there's two ladies and two men. So there's two couples sitting across from each other. And my husband and I are eating our dinner, and I can overhear bits and pieces, because it's kind of loud, and there's music and stuff. But I hear this lady just sharing, and just like, she's really distraught about a situation. And I, I was trying to piece it together. I'm like, she's talking about her son? 
maybe I should say something. Maybe, maybe. And I was like, mm, that's just weird. So I, I just, so we're finishing our dinner. And, and all of a sudden, I was like, you want me to say something? I felt like God told me I was supposed to go say something to her. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, I overheard your conversation. And I think mm, that's not going to go over well. So I, I just said, Ray, would you, would you pray with me? I, I think I'm supposed to go talk. So we prayed. And immediately God gave me a picture that I felt I was supposed to share with her. So I'm like, okay, do I wait until they're getting ready to leave? And that way, if I go over there and it falls flat, they're walking out the door and I don't have to be embarrassed? No. God said, no, I want you to do it right now. So I'm like, ooh. So, so I, we're sitting here eating, or we're, we're done and we're talking. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So I walk over and say, Excuse me. And I kind of knelt down because it's weird to talk over people, you know, so I'm kneeling down. And I said, you know, I was sitting over there and I was just praying and I just felt like God had something he wanted me to share with you. Could I share what he has to say? And she looked at me and said, okay, very wary. Okay. And, I, and I, so I shared this picture with her of what God had just showed me. She started crying. And I'm like, that's good. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So I, so I just shared with her. And, and, and then her husband, who's next to her, says, excuse me, who are you? And I'm like, oh, now it's going to get weird. And the other woman leans over and says, oh, she just told her. That, and she's like handling it. And this woman starts telling me about the situation that she's been going through. And, and she just briefly, but she kind of shared with me. And I said, well, could I pray for you? And she said, oh, yes. So I put my hand on the table because now I'm, I'm getting kind of old. So I can't kneel down for very long. So I'm like, and so I'm praying for her. This woman grabs my hand and I'm like, okay, so I pray, you know, just pray what God gave me to pray. And I look, I open my eyes and she's weeping openly. I'm like, okay. So now comes the awkward part. Well, I'll be praying for you. Have a nice dinner going to go sit here now (laughs) you know and we're eating our dessert so they are getting ready to leave they get their bill pay for it whatever and this woman they get up get their coats on and she comes over to me and hugs me and thanks me for sharing i was like well that was really nice so they that couple leaves but this woman is still kind of hanging around you can you know when you see somebody out of the corner of your eye and you're like okay what's gonna happen now and this woman comes over and she says she waits till the other couple left and she goes you have no idea what you just did and i'm like it was god (laughs) and she goes no I'm a Christian. My husband's a Christian. We just came back from Israel. We were on a mission trip, and that's why we got together with them. That's my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. They were raised in the church 16 years ago. They turned their back on God. Everything you said, God wanted to say to them, I've never been able to. I've been praying for them for years. And I'm like, whoa, how cool is that? But my point is, she prayed. God sent me, which is very cool, but she prayed for them. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how God's going to turn it out, but that was amazing. Now, the last slide. Wow, that's really small. Sorry, guys. First time with a PowerPoint. <clears throat> so I'm going to read it to you. John 15:12 through 17 says this. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no 
one than this, that you lay down, that, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for slaves do not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For you, for all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give you. This I command you, that you love one another. So right in this excerpt, you know, I, I, what I heard... I was, I was when I was waking up this morning I was thinking about teaching today and and I heard that song they will know you are Christians by your love. The love is the key. In this scripture it says do what I command. That's hearing God and speaking when he says to speak. It says ask for the father. That's you praying. And then he commands you to love. So what does that look like? Well, I like this. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. You know, with my sister... I wasn't very patient, and I definitely wasn't kind. I was pretty arrogant. Uh, And with my daughter, I was really insisting on my own way. But love, when you do this, that's what people see. That's, That's what people hear. They hear the love that you have. They hear... You know, I, I also, um, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What, what do we have? We have his love. His love in us. His love through us. That's what we need to focus on. We need to hear what he says, share what he says. And if he's not saying to do anything, we need to pray. And once we pray, we need to pray several things. We need to pray that, that the Holy Spirit will draw them. We need to pray that, that some random person at a restaurant would speak a word to them. We need to pray that they would see that, that, that what Pastor Cameron shared a couple weeks ago, that their, the veil that's over them would be lifted, that they could see. And then we need to love in practical ways. You know, practically, what did Jesus do? He laid down his life. He was inconvenienced. You know, he stopped to take care of things. He, he, he loved. He washed his disciples' feet. You know, I, I was trying to think, what, what would that be for us? What would washing someone's feet be for us? I don't know. Maybe when you're, for me, you've got a boatload to do this week, and somebody needs a dinner cooked for them. That would be, that would take some time from me. But that's a practical way to love somebody. Maybe just being kind to them. Maybe just listening. Maybe listening to my daughter when she's telling me all these things that are going on in her life. And instead of my judgmental words or my how to fix things, I just embrace her and love her and say I'm sorry. 
Maybe that's what the love is. I, I know that we, God does tell us sometimes to speak truth. I, I believe that. But sometimes you can speak truth without love and it doesn't have any effect. And we all have seen that. I know that I have seen that. And so um, now I'd like you to, I'm going to close now, and I'm going to just share this, this, this homework assignment that I have for you. Um, because I really feel like what, what I shared, maybe, maybe there's a place in there where you've bludgeoned somebody you loved over the head with the gospel. And you need to repent and ask God to forgive you for not taking, not listening to him, for taking matters into your own hands. Maybe you need to repent of control. You can listen to that. That was a message we had this summer. Maybe you need to uh, forgive somebody. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you need to forgive the person in your family that's hurt you over and over and over again. God still says to forgive. What did he tell him? Seventy times seven. That's how many times you forgive. Um, You know, as I've been reading through the Bible this year, I've been struck by Peter and Judas. You know, they both turned away in different ways. But when Judas came to Jesus, he received that kiss. He knew he was going to betray him. Jesus knew, this guy's going to betray me. And he accepted his kiss anyway. You know, I, I don't think Judas' story had to end the way that it did. I think he could have repented. You know, and we have Peter who Jesus says, when you repent, you will. You know, so... My, my, my point is, maybe your family member trods all over your feelings. Maybe they hurt you over and over again. Forgive them over and over again. That shows that you are like Jesus. And then lastly, you know, we need to pray. We need to pray for that person that the Holy Spirit would prompt them, would would embrace them, would bring revelation to them, and then pray for opportunities. Say, God, I want to be the one to share with them. I want to do what you ask me to do, but, but I really want to see this person saved. Not for your own glory, but because you love them. So pray with that kind of love for them. And um, so right now I'm just going to pray for these things. And, and you can take that, and if you can use that, Great. Okay, so I'm just going to close with prayer. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you gave us your Son, who's such a great example to follow, that we can model Jesus when we see our families, especially during this holiday time, Father. I just pray right now for each person here that the holidays bring stress, that we would just be able to focus on you and see what you're doing in the lives of our families. Father, you know each person here and that person that they're praying for. I just, right now, you guys, if there's a specific person in your life that you're praying for, just lift your hand up 
and put them in your palm of your hand and just give them to God right now. And Father, you know every one of these people. Father, we just ask that this time, this season, that there would be a change, a change in relationship with each other, with us and this people, but most of all, that there would be a change in their heart, that they would be drawn back to you, that they would know you in a new and real way, Father, because you do not wish that anyone is lost. So we just lift them up right now, Lord. We just pray for them right now that this would be the year, this would be the time, this would be the day that they would come to know you in a real way. You said if we ask in your name, you would give it to us. So we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.